even if you don't fully understand why you feel that way, but if you express it to the people that are around you, that are currently influencing you, that are in your circle currently, it exposes the people that shouldn't be there. And now for something completely different. Welcome to Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast. This is Dr. Tony Dufresne welcoming you back, and I just now realized I'm wearing the same shirt as I did last week. But the good news is, is that I believe in the concept of intermittent washing, so we are good. This week, I want to talk about regrets. I think the pandemic served as a widespread psychological experiment, and it woke up a lot of people, created a higher level of awareness in regards to how they're spending their time and the choices that they're making. And that brings me back to a show I did a long time ago. And it was about this palliative nurse, and her name was Bronnie Ware. She was in Australia, and she published a book. And the book was about all of the things that her patients, who were on their deathbeds, what they regretted. And so today's show is going to be on the top 10 regrets in life by those about to die. Now, the bottom line is, of course, we can learn from this because these people have gone through their entire lives and have a lot more perspective than we do. Also, I think it puts things in perspective in regards to choices that you make and maybe the fears that you have behind those choices that they're going to devastate your life or destroy them, where actually what they will do is they will enhance them through the amazing process of failure. So as I had indicated before, Bronnie was a nurse uh, that dealt with people on their deathbeds. And what she talked about in her book were five regrets. Uh, I'm going to add five more to those based upon my experience up to 56 years old and just the things that I have realized up to this point. Now, the first regret was the big one, according to Bronnie. I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself not the life others expected of me. This makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Because this is one of those things where even after the fact, when you make certain decisions and certain choices, maybe a week after, two weeks after, even a couple years, maybe after a bad relationship or finally coming to terms with some sort of a family relationship, you realize that, man, I just tried to do what I thought was right in the scheme of like what everybody thought versus what's right for me. There's a level of self-possession that comes over you and, real, and, and the realization that, you know, every single day that you go through these things, every single day that you live and turn off the lights and hit the pillow is a day lost forever. You will not get that day back. And it doesn't mean that you should live every single day like it is your last day because the next day after that will end up being not very good, and you'll probably end up living in a cardboard box. But the number one thing is it is number one for a reason, and it's 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 because of courage, and it's because of living true to myself and not living based on what others expect. So there's three big pieces in that thing. Courage, true life, and expectations. That's why that one's the biggie, and as you can see, that makes perfect sense. The number two thing is, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Now, this one has to be in context because she 
wrote this book a little while ago. I believe it was 2013. And she dealt with a lot of baby boomers and a lot of the what they used to call the greatest generation, which were the people that fought in World War II. And they were mostly men. And it was men who were in that old format of, you know, putting on the hat. And walking out the door and working from 8 to 5 or 8 to 6 and coming home and having dinner and grabbing a beer and sitting on the lounge chair and watching Johnny Carson and going to bed and then doing that the next day. So keeping this in context, I personally think that the hadn't worked so hard is more about creating more of a life balance or a life integration with the things that are important, prioritizing with your family with other certain experiences in your life that you would want to do, but you felt as though you had to work. That was a big deal. Even when I was growing up uh, back in the day, uh, it was that was sort of the stigma. That was what you were supposed to do. You were supposed to do all that work, and that was supposed to define you. Nowadays, thank God, and thanks to millennials and now the Gen Zs, you guys are redefining uh, life and balance and integration. So thank you for that. Number three on Bronnie's list was, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. And more specifically, she said it was about being honest and expressing their feelings in a relationship context. There were a lot of situations to where people did not express their feelings. They did not express how they felt about certain things or how right or wrong it was for them. uh, And they went along with it. And in the process... There was a lot of selling your soul. There was a lot of overcompensation for things that just didn't work for them from an emotional and a mental standpoint. And the lesson learned, according to Bronnie in this, is that if you do express how you feel honestly and truly, even if you don't fully understand why you feel that way, but if you express it to the people that are around you, that are currently influencing you, that are in your circle currently, It exposes the people that shouldn't be there. It opens up the bad apples. You can find out which crabs are still pulling you back into the bucket. And in that process of you being honest and expressing your honesty and your feelings, you will create the circle of trust that works for you. And it may be a completely different circle with a completely different group of people than what who you grew up with or who your family is. One of the big things is people thinking that because people are family, they have to be in this circle. That is as far from the truth as possible, and that will keep you in this loop of toxicity. Number four is, I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. And understanding that a lot of these people were much, much older, and they had slowly but surely, lost touch because they just pivoted into their own thing. Uh, They focused too much on work. They focused too much on maybe family responsibilities and thinking that they had to do something. Uh, They overcompensated for things. They lost touch with their friends. And as we will surmise at the end of this, friendship, relationships, the depth of which are, I mean, that's the life force. Number five is, I wish I had let myself be happier. And as you know, I talk about happiness. Happiness is an emotion. It's a feeling. It's a thing that comes and goes. But I believe that in this context, 
we can talk about it and say, yes, I totally agree. Because you know what? Happiness is a choice. Happiness is a choice. It's a mindset. It's a mindset of gratitude. It's a mindset of fulfillment. It's a mindset of looking at things as they are, accepting things as they are, working with things as they are, and being grateful that you're alive and you're seeing this and you woke up that morning and are able to experience this because there are a lot of people taking dirt naps right now that are not able to experience any of this right now. The second part of that with Bronnie is it was a big thing about the fear of change with the people that she talked to and the fact that their fear of change led to conformity and it led to fooling themselves and finally waking up when they had no other alternative, when they realized their chances were gone, when they were in a bed debilitated and counting the last days of their life, they realized that they conformed and they sold their soul And they overcompensated and they rationalized it in the moment and fooled themselves into thinking that was the right choice because they were scared. They were scared of change. They were scared of people leaving them. They were scared of abandonment. And ultimately at the end, that was a regret because they realized that all that stuff is just made up in your head. Now the last five or five that I have included because I feel as though From my own personal experience and from the experience of most of my clients that I deal with, and my clients are typically between 25 and 40 years old in either relationship or a career transition or both because usually one begets the other. And I feel as though these are things that they have dealt with or they are dealing with or will deal with in the coming years. Number six is, I wish I didn't care so much about stuff that in the grand scheme of things, doesn't matter. Like material stuff, the shirt you wear, the car you drive, or the shoes you wear. Like getting wrapped up too much in the extremity of politics or the extremity of sports, you know, living and dying by your team winning on a random Sunday. And getting wrapped up in something I know is for show, I know is not true, but it still kills me. I mean, I'm throwing foam bricks at the TV because the people on House Hunters can't see past paint color. Really? I realize it's for the show, but it's still... Okay, let's move on. Number seven. I wish I would have learned the incredible power of failure earlier in life. It wraps into the whole fear thing that Bronnie had talked about with her patients. Failure is such an amazing tool for success. And I was brought up with a perfectionist imprint in me. And with perfectionists, and if you are, you realize this, failure is almost death. It's certainly a mental, emotional death. And it's something that we measure ourselves up against in regards to our own self-worth. That's why I did everything I could growing up to avoid failure, and subsequently really stunted my growth in like every possible aspect of life. Once I started to embrace the power of failure in the context of expanding your life and doing something that you want to do or trying to do something that you want to do and realize that you don't know everything when you first start and being okay with falling down and re adjusting. That's the power of failure. It's the most potent 
extreme concentrated learning environment that you can possibly create in your life. And if you can create a plan to where you have micro failures to where it doesn't collapse the entire foundation of your life, then my friend, you've got it made because that's really the key to everything. Create that system. Number eight, I wish I would have realized the power I had to change the world for the better sooner. Now, I'm not an egomaniac or a cult leader thinking that I'm out there swaying millions and millions of people's minds, but I do know this. It's the power of one to another, and then them to another, and then them to another, and then them to another. Ripples in a pond when you throw a rock in, they extend directly and indirectly. And the key is, is for all of us to understand the level of power that we have and influence that we have every single day with every single person that we deal with. And when we deal with and when we operate from a sense of gratitude and a sense of respect and a sense of kindness and a sense of wanting to help not only myself, but in the process, other people as well, you know, raise the tides to lift all the boats instead of climb over people and try to pummel them as you try to climb the ladder of success. When you do realize this, it's amazing the mind shift that happens. And also the being okay with doing as much as you possibly can without getting the initial reinforcement back or the initial acknowledgement back from something that you do. And a perfect example is me doing this show and the YouTube videos for six, almost seven years now. It's out there and some people are seeing it and some people aren't. But I have to tell you that in looking at the responses that I've gotten over the years and the people that I have helped over the years, I know for a fact that those people are are now helping other people and are also walking through their lives with a little bit more positive energy or awareness or clarity or gratitude. And that impacts everybody else. So the key here is realize how much power that you have and then do something good with it. Number nine is I wish I wouldn't care so much about what I look like or how to impress other people. And especially now with social media and how powerful it is in regards to setting expectations on exterior, not necessarily beauty, but pretty much everything, the constructs of exterior. Uh, it's, it's a lot of pressure that puts people in highly destructive behavioral situations to where they're, they don't accept themselves for who they are. They don't work with what they have. I cannot tell you how refreshing it is to see somebody with a level of confidence, not cockiness and not bravado, not something that's ego-based, but just confidence. Just they hold their own. They do the best with what they have, which is what we all are supposed to do. The problem is, is that we have this media world that sets certain bars for certain things and it programs people, especially young people. That's why the Kardashians are so incredibly harmful to the psychological wellness and foundation of young kids, especially young girls, because it's it sets all the wrong bars at all the wrong points. When you stop focusing on and thinking about you know pleasing everybody or doing something for everybody else, you can come into introspection and, and do the things that create a solid foundation and a higher frequency for yourself to where you can be more successful and you can be more confident in terms of 
who you are because nobody else is you. And I know you've heard that a million times. I mean, you get crushed under the the weight of that platitude because everybody says it. But everybody says it because it's true. You are the only person that can accept you. And once you do that, man, oh man, there are things so much easier, so much more gratitude, so much more joy in life once that happens. Because the fact of the matter is, is that if anybody has judgment and they don't accept you for who you are, then they can go pound sand because that's not because they shouldn't be in your circle and they shouldn't be in your tribe. I don't care who they are. The number 10 on the list and the last one that I have included is I wish I would have been okay about asking for help earlier. Again, I was brought up as a perfectionist. I was brought up uh, thinking that I should know the answers to everything. And it was weak for me to ask for help. It was a character flaw if I didn't know or if I had to ask other people or research how to do things. And in the process of doing that, it stu- again, it's one of those things where it just stunts your growth. It's the same thing as not accepting failure as a huge tool for success. Not asking for help keeps you in your box and then it makes you bitter because you look around and you see all these other people that you're thinking, I know more than them and they're out there crushing it. And the reason being, and the reasons why they're out there crushing it is because they asked for help. It's because they did their research and it's because they made connections. It's because they threw themselves out there because they understood that they don't know everything. And it's not just about them. It's about how they operate and what value they provide in the grand scheme of things and with the other people and, and, and how much they can learn from other people to do the same thing. So the bottom line in all of this, especially when it comes to Bronnie talking to the elderly people that were counting the remaining days of their lives, it's all about relationships. Everything is about relationships. As a matter of fact, and I've talked about this a lot, Richard Feynman, who is one of the fathers of quantum mechanics, which is one of the most brilliant scientists that have ever lived, and he said it's about relationships, how one thing relates to the other, how one thing benefits the other, how one thing provides more energy to the other. This is how things work. It's about relationships. So the point of all of this is dance like everyone's watching, Because you just don't care. So for an exercise, I have this thing called regrets.gone. And it's it consists of three things that you can do to wipe away your regrets or to start to minimize your regrets going through life. The first part is what? What is the regret? You have to ask yourself what the regret is. The second one is what can you do about it? And the third part is when to do something about it. Create an action plan. Create an action plan that's going to get you out of your current thought process. Uh, That's it. I hope that makes perfect sense to you. If you have any problems, you can get a hold of me at Tony at javabud.com, J-A-V-A-B-U-D. You can also, if if you're stuck on something and you want to go through this, I am a career counselor and a relationship therapist. We can always talk and move you further along faster. You can reach me at Tony at javabud.com. I hope things are good. I will talk to you next week. Be good to yourself and be good to others.